give honor to the great bishop. Amen. Mighty teacher of the word of God. So we're going to break the word, to God, uh, word today. And the word's always good. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's pray before we get started and ask the Lord to be with us in this uh, Bible study. Let's ask him to touch Bishop and Dr. Myers, keep them safe, and touch the uh, rest of the Sunday school classes going on this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God, for your goodness and for your mercies. We pray for Bishop and Dr. Myers. Keep your hand upon them as they're traveling. Pray, Lord, that you're going to help them and strengthen them, O oh God. We pray, Lord, for our Sunday school classes today that you would just move in a mighty way. We know there's power in your word. We pray that you would speak to us in the adult class today. And we'll give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Verse 14 of Ephesians chapter number 5 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And under the reading of the word of God, everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. So let's just start with that first word there, wherefore. Paul's addressing the church at Ephesus. And I'm just going to kind of give you an overview of verses 1 through 13. But he's telling them there in verses 1 through 13. He says, be followers of God. Walk in love. Stay away from fornication, all uncleanness and covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking and jesting. But rather give thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean per person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts. For it is the light that makes everything visible. So this is what he's kind of telling the church. He's just reminding them. And remember this is the church. He's reminding them of all the things they need to stay away from. And how that they're supposed to be the light of the world and all of this. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. And don't even talk about those things that are done in secret. And he's giving them all these instructions. And then in verse 14 he says, Wherefore, because of these things, because of what I just instructed you in, he saith, Awake, and arise thou that sleepeth. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. I want to entitle this uh, message this morning, Check Your Blind Spot. Check Your Blind Spot. He's telling them everything they need to do and to stay away from. Now, 
you know, when you're driving and you're going down the highway and in your left hand rear view mirror, there's a place where a car can be and you don't see them in your rear view mirror. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Give me that Baptist nod. Yeah. Because that's good preaching right there. <laughs> I used to, uh, the, the uh, town and country van has a little light in the rear view mirror that if there's somebody in your rear, in, in that blind spot, it lights up for you. That's pretty cool. Well, I got a different car and I was trying to find a car with that blind spot. There's not a whole lot. There has to be a newer version. Amen. But I didn't find that. That's one thing I really miss because that little light shines up when something's in your blind spot. And isn't it uh, nice to know that we have a little light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that shows up when there's something in your blind spot? Amen. We need to check our blind spot. Awake simply means to become aware of. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him to wake up. <laughs> Heard the story of a little boy that was in church and he was getting a little fidgety and his mom was getting nervous because he was getting fidgety and so she was trying to calm him down. And she, so she started pointing out some things up on the platform to kind of divert his attention. And she saw the American flag. She said, see, there's, there's the American flag. That's the flag that represents our country. And then so the boy said, okay, I see that. And then he sees a Christian flag over there on the other corner. And she said, see that? That's the flag over there. That represents that we're Christians. We believe in Jesus Christ. And he says, well, what's that flag over there? And she says, well, that flag's to remember the boys that died in service. And the little boy looks up at her and says, what service did they die in? The morning or the evening service? <laughs> <laughs> so I hope nobody dies on me here physically but the whole point of coming into the presence of God is that we die out we need to have a death amen that's what it's all about Paul said this I die daily think about it it's not a one time trip to the altar but it's a daily thing where we're checking that blind spot how am I doing, Lord? And we're dying out daily. Let's look in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass, everybody say, it came to pass, that the beggar died. He died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man died also. Say, the rich man died also. <laughs> and was buried. So when he's telling us to awake, redeeming the time, one of the things that we need to realize is that there is an appointed time. Each and every one of us, right, we're going to die. 
And there's one thing that I like about funerals or preaching a funeral is the fact that for a small moment, there's a window when everybody that's there puts their life into the life of the person that's in the coffin. You got that small window where you can speak to their hearts. Amen. But it's appointed, Hebrews 9, 27 tells us, it's appointed unto men once to die. But after that, the resurrection. In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, verse 23, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. We get a little glimpse of what hell may be like, right? Tormented in flames. It's not a great place to be. Nobody really wants to go there. Verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember. Everybody say remember. Remember, remember uh, simply means to mentally grasp or awake. The problem was it's just too late for the rich man. You're going to be awakened. It's going to happen. One day, you're going to, oh yeah. But don't let it be too late like it was for the rich man. We need to check that blind spot. We're in the house of God today. And just like Paul, he said, I need to die daily. We need to be checking our blind spots, folks. Redeeming the time. Because we need to be able to mentally grasp and be awake of where we are spiritually. He was so distraught in verse 26 through 29, I won't read it all, but he's saying to Abraham, he says, well, at least send Lazarus to my brothers so they won't come to this place. And so here we have another thing, you know, the old saying, misery loves company, or that's not so in this case. Or you say, well, I'm going, I want to go to hell. All my friends are going to be there. No, it's not going to be a party. Amen. We all know that here today. But in verse 30, he says, saith unto them, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. They will repent. And that's what we need to do in our dying out, in our coming to remember or checking our blind spot. We have to come to that place where we repent. Amen. We need to realize that that's where God is trying to bring us to. It's the same thing. Repentance is not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing that we do. Amen. To get our sins under the blood and to constantly check in our blind spot. Not that it gives us a license to sin. Right? It's not a license to sin, the mercy of God. But if we do sin, we have an advocate, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. So he says there in verse 14, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. In other words, he's saying repent, and Christ shall give you the revelation. If you repent, if you ask God to help you, he will give you the revelation. But you can check that blind spot. Psalms 139, 23 through 24, the psalmist had it when he said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Oh my goodness, let us not just come into the house of God nonchalantly, just thinking everything's okay in our lives, but every time we come into the house of God, we need to say, Lord, search me today and let me know my heart, amen, try me, know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, hallelujah, I don't want to just go through the motions, I don't want church to just become the, a norm to me. Like come in and go out unchanged. We say that for the sinner, but it's for each and every one of us. We should leave here changed. Hallelujah. A little bit closer to the Lord. A little bit stronger in our walk. But the way that we do that is by checking the blind spot. 31 of that Luke chapter 16. And he said unto him... If they hear not Moses, this was Abraham's response back to the rich man. If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded inward certainty, though uh, though one rose from the dead. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us, For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any uh, creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked, they're open to the eyes of him of whom we have to do. In other words, in whom we have to uh, go to, in whom we're going to have to answer to, amen, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the rich man asking Abraham to send somebody from the dead, then they'll believe. We're not going to believe just because of signs and wonders. You got the word. He said, if you're not going to believe the word, you're not going to believe even though one rose from the dead. Just obey the word of God. Amen. Be obedient to it. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. And it says it will make everything manifest to us. It will lighten it up so that we'll be able to look back over our spiritual shoulder, if you will, and to check the blind spot. So that word inward, or that word persuasion, leads us to the next phrase in Ephesians chapter 15. Because that persuasion means that inward certainty. And he tells them, he says... In verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly means to walk diligently. It shows care of what you're doing. Concern, a conscientiousness. The inward voice, if you will. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse number 10. It says, likewise I say unto you... That there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. It means to reconsider. When we repent, we reconsider our direction. We're checking in that blind spot. And he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. He divided it among his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together took his journey into the far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. 
And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain had filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Verse 17, and when he came to himself. Everybody say he came to himself. In other words, he checked his blind spot. He was just going along, business as usual, having a good time, enjoying the blessings. But then the hard time came. We need to thank God for our hard times. Amen? Amen. Don't be too anxious to move through the hard time of your life. God's speaking. God's doing miraculous things. Don't miss the miraculous because of the obvious that's in your life. But he said unto him, you know, he's checked his blind spot. He said, I came to himself. He looked over his shoulder and he says, you know what? In my father's house, everybody has food to eat. In verse 18, he says, and this will I do. I will rise, go to my father, saying to him, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He got up. He said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me thy, one of thy hired servants. And he arose, came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, amen, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. So we get a glimpse here of God. He's not there with a baseball bat ready to smash you upside the head when you come to yourself and repent of your sins, but he's there with arms wide open. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where your life takes you to or maybe how bad you failed God, but I want you to know when you come to yourself and you realize that God's way is the way to go and you repent, you return back to him, he's there with arms wide open. That may seem elementary, but you'd be surprised of all the people that cannot overcome the guilt of past failures. We've got to be able to get up and to move forward. Amen. When he said that, he arose, he went to his father, and he had compassion, and he kissed him. And this is what he said. For this my son was dead. He was dead to sins. But now he is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found, and they began to be merry. Amen? So when he's telling us here that we need to awake, it's high time to rise out of our dead. That's simply just being dead to our sins. Amen? But when we come back to Christ, when we get it back upon the altar, we can live again. Hallelujah. He says in verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye 
that work iniquity. It's very important for us to grasp us, grasp a hold of this because someone here in this group of people didn't check their blind spot. They were doing things for the Lord. Amen. They prophesied in his name. They even cast out devils in his name. He said, we've done many wonderful works in your name. But Jesus' response to them was, I never knew you. Ye that work iniquity. There was a sin in their life. There was iniquity in their life that they didn't check that blind spot. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him to be a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that rock, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Didn't matter whether what foundation they were building on, the same things came against each and every one of them. The one that built his house upon the rock, or whether he built his house upon the sand, the winds blew, the rains came, the floods came. It doesn't matter, you're going to have life in this world. But one thing we need to be uh, wise of doing is that's built our life on the word of God. Hallelujah. The word is the foundation of God. Hallelujah. They did not, these ones that were rejected, they just simply did not. They were believers, but they didn't check their blind spot. They didn't check where they were at in their intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So stand upon the foundation of the word of God. Because that's what gives us the light. That's our little light in the rear view mirror of our spiritual walk. That helps us to see the, the blind spot. The things that may be creeping up on us. Amen. And so in verse 16 he says. Do all that in redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. Redeeming means this. To rescue from loss. To rescue from loss. In Matthew chapter 20 verse 16. Gives a parable. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man. That is a householder. Which went out early in the morning. And hired laborers. Into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers. For a penny a day. He sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour. And he saw others standing idle. In the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. And he went again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle. And he said unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? And they said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. And he said unto them, go also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. <clears throat> so these people were standing there idle. When you look up that word, it means they were useless. They felt useless. 
probably because of our past, when we look, sometimes we just feel useless. We come and maybe we're just sitting here idle, without motion, just because we're just kind of in the midst of it. But we, you know, we've got all this junk and we're idle, we feel useless. I want you to know that the Lord is telling you to go out into the field and do his work. Amen. He still, even at the 11th hour, he was receiving them. And when he paid them, every man got the same amount. Every man got paid the same amount. The other ones that were there earlier, they got a little upset about the fact, actually. They said, hey, we've been here all day. And Jesus said unto them, he just simply said, look, I, you agreed to work for me for this amount. And that's what you got. What is it to you what I do with this individual? Amen. And so we find that these people in the 11th hour, they may have felt like they were useless. But because they went into the field, they redeemed the time. They redeemed their lost time. Rescued from loss. Jesus Christ has redeemed each and every one of us, right? He's redeemed us from sin. Hallelujah. He's purchased us back. But we still have to make the effort and to find ourselves to save ourselves from this untoward generation. The effort's still going to be have to be upon us. Don't allow yourself to be idle, to feel useless in the kingdom of God. God has something for you. And today it's saying it doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter where what you've done in your life, if you can get it under the blood, you can rescue from loss time gone by. Amen? It doesn't matter where you've been. It does, today can be the first day as, for the rest of your life. They redeemed their time. They recovered from loss. Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody this morning that it's not too late for you. The clock will not allow you to go back and to redo some things. It's gone. Yesterday's gone. Hallelujah. But the clock won't allow you to do that. But the grace of God, the season that you are in, will allow you to go back. Hallelujah. And to redeem, praise the Lord, the time that's lost. To go forward in Christ and to do what the Lord desires us to do. Hallelujah. If we'll just simply check our blind spot. Amen. It allows you to cover from loss. It's not too late to write that letter, to make that phone call, to make that trip to the altar, to repent of that sin. But you need to do it. You need to redeem the time. You need to realize that the hour is late. Don't put it off any longer. Don't stand around idle. Get out there, do what needs to be done, and you can redeem. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that we don't have to worry about our past? About the things of yesterday that we've left go and that we did wrong and the things that we messed up on. And my, don't we all wish we could just go back in time and reduce some things? But we can't do that. It's gone. But we can redeem the time we can recover from loss anything that might have hindered us simply hallelujah by getting into the field coming back to the lord 
redeeming the time. You see, there's two different types of time. Two different types. There's actually, there's more, but the two different types that I want to put out, uh, point out this morning is a set time. One is time just means a set time. It's an opportunity or a special occasion. Each and every service, when we have an altar call, when the word goes forth, it is a set time. Maybe not for all of us, but for someone, usually for all of us, if we're in tune with the word of God, God speaking, there's a set time. There's, we're not do, just doing this for our health, right? We're not just coming up here talking about the word of God, but the word of God is a what? The zerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And I don't care if you've been in church for one day or been in church for a hundred years, the Word of God will speak to you and let you know what the thoughts and the intents of your heart are. Amen? So one is this opportunity. We have this opportunity right now. The clock keeps marching on. We can't stop the clock. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter. I heard a song that said, All the silver, all the gold can't buy one day for me to hold in time. You cannot stop time. It's going on. And God actually created time. It's, he put time into motion. I don't know, it's like in the 1400s, I think it was, when the first uh, clock was invented or something like that. And I was reading about it earlier, but. Then the stopwatch was, uh, was invented. And, and ever since then, we have, as people have been on a clock. We, our whole lives are, we're late for everything, right? We're always on the clock, running to here, running to there. Always got to get somewhere on time. God set time in motion. And one of these days, he's going to undo time. The Bible says one, an angel's going to put one foot in the sand, one foot in the sea, and decline, declare time no more. And each and every one of us, according to the word of God, has about 70 years of time. If you're over that, you've exceeded your expectations. Hallelujah. But we have this certain season of time in which we have what only what we are going to do for Christ is going to matter. It's only what we do for Christ is going to last. We all realize that, right? We all sit in a funeral at one time or another and realize, you know, time really is short. And we get up from that and we get up from the conviction of a, of a church service and we go out and, and we do the same old thing sometimes because we're not checking our blind spot. You're not getting that one thing under control. God's just standing there with his arms wide open. But one of these days, the opportunity is going to be over. But each and every service that we come to, it's an appointed time. God's speaking to us. Hallelujah. It's a time, and this is what this is. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 is in verse uh, 16. When he's saying redeeming the time, that's a set time. An appointed time. You have to redeem the time that has been set before you. It also can mean a space of time or a season if you will. Sometimes we go through seasons in our lives, but at each and every moment when we're presented with the preaching of the Word of God, it becomes an appointment, 
a set time. What are you going to do with the word of God? The word of God demands a response. People come in, people go out. Paul's speaking to the church here. The church, we can come in, we can go out, not hear the word of God. Not let it affect us. And one thing that I learned, uh, just came real evident to me, it's been a few years ago, but how conviction is so short-lived. You've got that appointment. You've got that moment in time. You need to realize you need to capture that moment. Because I, I can remember, you know, you get convicted about something. You're sitting up here. And I'm sitting up here and you're sitting out there in the audience. And you get convicted about something. And by the time you get home to eat dinner, that conviction's gone. If you don't act on it. If you don't let that thing find root in your spirit. If you don't check that blind spot and ask the Lord to speak to you. You can miss that opportunity or that special season. I'm just spending a little extra time here because I don't want you to miss your appointment with the Lord. He wants to speak to you today. He wants you to do make an action today. He wants you to become unidle in whatever the situation may be that you've been putting off. Check your rear view. Check your blind spot. Make sure, hallelujah, because time's not going to stop. It keeps going on. Don't end up like the rich man that had to be reminded that it was too late. Remember. We might just point out that in remembering, the only fault that we can find in Scripture for the rich man that was he was rich. <laughs> Lived a luxurious life. That was the only sin that we find there in his life, according to the word of God. He just had everything handed to us. Let's be reminded this morning that we are the richest people in the world. There's nobody poor and sitting under the sound of my voice this morning. We may struggle. I don't want to minimize our struggles with finances and stuff. It's all relative. But on the world view, we are rich. And let us not be so rich and increased with goods that we don't find God. He says, he said, don't you know that you're poor? He says, you're rich, you're increased with goods, and you have need of nothing, Revelations 3. But he said, don't you know that you're poor, and you're wretched, miserable, naked in your spiritual life? Amen? He says, I'm knocking at the door. I'm knocking at your door. <laughs> Check your blind spot. Make sure you got it all under the blood. Amen. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Time keeps on ticking. We're nearer to our salvation. We talk about it. About the coming of the Lord. At any moment it could happen. Perhaps it's today. You believe it could happen today? Yeah. Amen. Sometimes we go through the day without thinking about it. At least I do. But preparing this message I thought about. It. Maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day when he'll call me home. Whether it's through the rapture or in some other way. Maybe this is the appointed time. 
But he's saying to the Romans there, he's saying it's knowing the time. It's high time to awake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. It's time to quit playing around with church. The night's far spent. It's over. Amen. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Goes back to what Paul was saying. He says, you know, don't live in the first uh, 13 verses there of Ephesians chapter 5. He says, you know, all these things you got to remind yourself of. Don't be covetous. Don't be an idolater. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. And, and so he's saying here, you need to realize that the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Put on Christ. Let us walk honestly. Almost the same wording, just different. But Paul's speaking to the Romans. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. To awaken means to collect one's faculties. It's like when you get up in the morning. You ever woke up in the morning and not really know what day it was? <laughs> or you jump up, you think you got to go to work, and, and you realize, oh, it's Saturday, I don't have to go to work today. That's one of the best feelings there is, right? You got to sit there sometimes. I find it more as I get older, sit there on the edge of bed and think, what day is today? But it's a collection of one's faculties. You got to sit on the edge of your spiritual life and say, What day is it, Lord? Where am I at? What time is it? How's my walk with you? Amen. To awake from inactivity, to arise from the ruins or non existence. Like those guys were just standing there idle. It says, get up, get going. So back to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 13. <clears throat> it says, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. God wants to reveal you unto you and to me. Amen. The things that we need to do. The things that are in our blind spot. He wants to lead us in that direction. Wherefore he saith, Awake up thou that sleepeth, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee that light. And ye that walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. The objection here for me today is clear. To shine the light, to wake somebody up on the fact that you're not okay in your sin. We're not okay in our sin. Don't put it off to another day. We're not okay in our inactivity in God's kingdom to thinking that we're just, we just can't do it. Whole parables given on that about the talents. The one guy that took his talent just sat on it, got rebuked, cast out. You got to put that talent to use. 
God loves you. You are worthy. Amen. Just as much as the next person, you just got to get everything under the blood. Amen. And your delay in obeying God's word is disobedience. Delaying obedience to God's word is simply disobedience. We need to obey God's word. A reminder to us this morning that you're not getting by if you don't have it all under the blood. Don't compare yourself amongst yourself. Don't say I'm doing a little bit better than the guy down the street because we're not going to be compared with the guy down the street on judgment day. We're going to remember what God had wanted us to do. We're going to remember. We're going to awake ourselves to the fact that we shunned a certain part of the word of God. We're going to remember that we're really not doing what God desires for us to do. We're not getting by. Don't be deceived. And the greatest deception is self-deception. To believe an untruth or to be misled. Get into the word of God. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, Be not deceived. <clears throat> God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You're going to reap what you sow. It's a law of nature that exceeds even the law of gravity, if you will. What goes up must come down. We all know that to be a physical law. But this is a law, a spiritual law of God. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. His love and His mercy is extended to us. But there's coming a judgment day. Hallelujah. And the great thing about it is, is all we have to do is to get it under the blood. To come before Him and He's there with arms wide open. Love us, hug us, kiss us. Amen. And He's just right there to do whatever we need Him to do when we get it under the blood. Amen. It's like I am with my grandkids. They can, get, they can get in trouble by their dad, not by me. And if they come with a sorrow, I'm there wide, arms wide open. I kiss all over them. I say, that's okay, babe. And my son and daughter-in-law look at me like, you're not helping the matter any here. But that's how God is. He loves us. He forgives us. And I'm saying, I'm just a pawpaw here. I'm not the disciplinary anymore. Hallelujah. God is going to have a judgment day. Amen. We need to realize although he's arms wide open, he's like this great heavenly father. That he can find forgiveness and direction. and he, He's just always there constantly. His mercies are everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. God is there. But there's coming a judgment day. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, and he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit leap, reap everlasting life. Hallelujah. That's what I want, don't you? Let us not be weary. Don't say, everybody, don't be weary. In well-doing. 
Amen. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Sometimes it gets to be a, a grind, doesn't it? Sometimes the road gets heavy. And you just keep going and keep going and you think, man, it's getting hard. He says, don't be weary. Don't get weary of it. Amen. Just keep going. In due season, you're going to reap. That road gets hard sometimes. You've got to keep checking that blind spot. I'm going in the right direction. Amen. Nothing's coming up on me over here and going to run me off the road. Amen. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't know about you, but I just don't want to go through the motions. Amen. Check your blind spot this morning. Let's all stand. Amen. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercies, for your word. We've come into your presence, oh Lord. Let us have ears to hear this morning. Let us have our antennas up, our spiritual antennas, to receive what you have to speak to each and every one of us. Speak to us in this morning service, we pray, oh God. Help us to act upon the word of God. Let us not be idle, Lord, but help us to be full force for the kingdom of God. Knowing, O oh Lord, that you're there to help us and to lead us and to guide us. We come to bring you glory and honor and praise. And for thankful for the light of the glorious gospel. In Jesus' name we pray.